In this episode of Call to Marriage, I talk with Liz Ann Lightfoot, who is the owner of Season Styles blog, but also an upcoming author about reintegration and what that looks like and how to set expectations, manage expectations, and so much more. It is such a good conversation, y'all, and I'm not just saying that because I'm preparing for it myself. So let's just jump right into it. Hi there. Welcome to Call to Marriage, a show about navigating life as a military spouse. I'm your host, Callie, a newcomer on the scene of what is the military spouse life. The military community is a tight-knit, but sometimes tight-lipped one. I hope to pull back the curtain on life as a military spouse to answer the questions that I wish someone would have answered for me, talk about my experiences I've gone through, or talk about the ones that I'm going through right now. I'm always learning new things about this crazy new life and invite you on this journey with me. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome back to Call to Marriage. I am very excited today because we are talking about something that I myself am preparing for. And so I have Lizanne Lightfoot on the show today. And so Lizanne, if you just want to introduce yourself and give the listeners a little bit of your background, that would be awesome. Sure. Thanks so much for having me today. I'm Lizanne Lightfoot, and some of you might know me as the seasoned spouse I've been writing on that blog and platform for a few years now, and I am just passionate about supporting military spouses and loved ones, especially through deployment, but through all the challenges of military life. So I'm so excited to be here to help you with homecoming and reintegration. Yes. And I know that I personally, like I said, we are coming up on the final stretch of our deployment. And so... (laughs) I know for me, reintegration was something that has been on my mind, but also as a new spouse, I don't fully understand reintegration. And I'm sure my fellow listeners who are, you know, the, the one year inners like myself are just like, what the heck is reintegration? So Lizanne, if you want to kick us off, I would love for you to tell, to tell everyone what is reintegration? What does that even mean? Sure. I am so glad that you're discussing this topic because honestly, I feel like it is often overlooked in the military community. Everyone, you know, counts down to homecoming and you're waiting for the deployment to end. And then everyone acts like it's over, you're done, and you just move smoothly on with the rest of your life. And for some people, it does go that way. So I don't want to hype it up as if reintegration is this big, scary experience that's going to be, you know, difficult for everyone, because for some people, it does go very smoothly. But for some people, it's (laughs) not. And I think it's only fair to tell people that and to be prepared for some of those challenges so that when you do have this whole roller coaster of emotions at the end of deployment, that you understand what's normal, what to expect and how to kind of communicate your way through that. So if you think back to the beginning of your deployment, even before your service member left, you probably remember that there was a lot of emotional moments. There was a lot of ups and downs and stress Mm -hmm. and frustration. And what happens is you go through that experience in reverse toward the end of deployment. So as excited as you are for them to come home and as happy as you are to be together again and start this new stage of your lives, all of that stress and that emotion has to come out and be unpacked somehow. And that's the process that we refer to as reintegration. Yeah. And I think you touched on it too, is that there's so much hype and excitement up to the homecoming. And Mm -hmm. if you're a new spouse and you've been like, what happens at the end of the deployment? All you see are 
homecoming signs or homecoming outfits or, you know, what to, where to take them to dinner after their first night back and all these things that hype up them coming home. Mm -hmm. But there's really no conversation for what the after looks like. And so I would love for you to, to kind of go into that emotional difference from between the day that your service member comes home and the morning that you wake up next to them. Because I think for me, we got married and then like four months later he deployed. Oh. So we, we were like, and we honestly, like we've been dating for, you know, a hot minute, but I think there's this like fear of like, am I waking up to a stranger? Like, what is that, that emotional difference going to be? Cause I think there's just so much hype for the day of, but there's no hype for the day after. Exactly. I think um, it's kind of almost two separate problems that you brought up. The one is the fact that everyone focuses on that homecoming day with the signs mm-hmm. and the, you know, what outfit should I wear? And it is a beautiful and exciting and fun day, but I feel like it's almost like some of those pregnancy and birth books that you read the whole mm. thing about like, and this is how to prepare for your baby. And then on the day that you give birth, it's like the book just ends and they're like, and congratulations, yeah. you're done. When obviously the journey is not done. <laughs> now you, you have, did it, not really. <laughs> right, now you have a newborn and obviously your life has changed and things are going to be different and it's a new stage. So anyone who can have a conversation about pregnancy and not talk about what comes after is really not covering the full topic of pregnancy and birth. And so it's the same with deployment. When they talk about the cycle of deployment, it begins before they leave. Deployments don't really begin on day one. They begin in those months of buildup in the pre-deployment stage. And deployments don't really end on homecoming day. The process of adjusting does take, for some people, weeks, for some people, months afterwards. And so the second thing that you brought up was that feeling of, you know, just disjointedness and estrangement. And depending on the type of deployment that you've been through, sometimes there is an awkwardness of not really knowing each other or not being familiar with each other's schedules. Um, If you, especially if you've moved or, you know, come into a new apartment or a new home that your service member has never lived in, it might take them a while to find their way around and figure out where you've put everything in the kitchen and why their stuff is all stacked up in the garage. (laughs) So you have to kind of create space for them to move back into the home, to move back into your life. And you need to create room in your schedule that you've organized, you've become very independent, you've done everything on your own for months and months. And now suddenly you need to flip a switch and make room for them to be part of your life again. And that doesn't happen automatically. Sometimes it takes a little bit of time. Sometimes it is an emotional adjustment. And other times it's just sort of a momentary awkwardness that they didn't realize that you had a new friend or started a new hobby or had a commitment on Tuesday nights or something like that. So the more that you're communicating during the deployment, usually the smoother that transition is gonna go afterwards. Yeah. And I think you, you bring up another really good point is, so, you you know, especially for me, like we moved into a new place and we we PCS and then he left. And so I have created a whole Mm -hmm. life for myself, not without him, but essentially without him. Mm -hmm. Right. And so when you are, you know, you're talking about reintegration and reintegrating them into your life, there's a whole second life that you have to then introduce them to. So for someone, you know, who may be like me or, or maybe as someone who, has, you know, started a new job or done all these things mm-hmm. while their spouse has been gone. How, how do you look at bringing them into this life that you've created now? Yeah, the process can start during the deployment, depending 
what type of communication you have available to you. Mm-hmm. Um, my husband and I did go through several deployments where it was just letter writing. And so obviously that was very slow and, you know, did not give us accurate snapshots of each other's experiences. Right. <laughs> and if you have email and text messages and obviously video, then it's a lot easier. You know, they've seen the new place. Um, they might have called you at different points of the day and seen what your morning routine is or talked to you during your evening routine. But if the communication has not been supportive of that, then you need to kind of just write that down, especially families that had a baby during deployment or your kid gone through different stages of development. You know, mm-hmm. leaving a toddler versus coming back to a three or a four year old is a very different experience. And the parent that was gone is not going to automatically know what the child's schedules are and what the expectations are. So some people just write down either in an email or a letter or a little journal, um, some of the things that might have changed for yourself personally during the deployment, write down anything new in your routine or your schedule. If you have a new job, like you mentioned, then you might have commitments during the day that your service member just doesn't even realize I exist. So you need to tell them what time you usually get up in the mornings and how long your commute is or when you have conference calls and are unavailable, things like that. So generally, the more that you're communicating ahead of reintegration, the more kind of a heads up you can give them of, hey, this is what my life looks like now. And I can't wait to share it with you. Not that there's no room for them, not that you are completely happy without them being part of your life, but just that you've created your own independent schedule and you want to welcome them back and be part of that. Yeah. I think communication is just so key during a deployment. And I know I had talked to my friend Tori on the podcast. She's a Navy wife and she didn't have as much communication as she could have. But one way that she sort of tied her spouse into what was going on in her life as she sent him pictures Mm -hmm. of things that she had been accomplishing and things just so he could see and understand and know what she was doing. And I know that that helped a lot on the flip side of helping him understand like what her life looked like during the time that he was away. So he wasn't like jumping in without knowing nothing, essentially. Absolutely. Because there's so many layers to peel back. Mm -hmm. I mean, so far we talked about kids and schedules and jobs, but even just on on a basic level of adulting, I mean, probably someone has been paying the bills, someone has been taking care of the house and the cars and um, all of those things. And most likely that was you while your service member was gone. (laughs) And the downside to all that, to you being so competent and doing things so smoothly and handling all that is that sometimes the service member doesn't even realize that you've been doing them or that you've been taking care of them or of all the burden and the stress that that has put on you. So not that they come home and you dump all of your stress onto their lap and say, here, it's yours now. It's not that, but at some point there does need to be a sharing of the household tasks and the chores and the adulting, and they need to know what has been going on. And a good example of that is um, my husband's fourth deployment. We went through his first three deployments as boyfriend and girlfriend, and it was his fourth deployment that we were finally married and had kids. And I thought that, you know, we've been through this before, we were experienced, but the finances had changed dramatically. Before when we were dating, we each managed our own finances. And realistically, when he deployed, he had almost no bills. There was no housing to pay for. Um, I think his car was already paid off. He canceled his cell phone. So all the money that he made during the deployment went straight into his savings and was waiting for him when he returned. 
So come to the fourth deployment, suddenly we have a mortgage, we have babies, I'm, you know, buying groceries and diapers and all those things. And even though I tried to communicate with him during the deployment that, hey, there was some car trouble, we had this repair bill, I took care of it. But just so you know, like heads up, I had to use the the money this month for that. Yeah. When he came home, I think in the back of his mind, he expected that deployment nest egg to be waiting for him. And even though I had been very transparent about some of our payments and some of the bills, we were not on the same page. And so not only was he disappointed that he had worked so hard and deployed and not come back to this huge amount of money, but I was disappointed because I had been fiscally responsible. I had done everything I could to save money. And I felt like somehow I had failed because... I was not meeting his expectations right. and that neither one of us was happy with that situation. So <laughs> I think the more that you can kind of gradually let people know of, Hey, just to be realistic, you know, just so you know, we don't have to have a whole conversation about the bills right now, but here's what we've been spending on this. And FYI, this is what we're saving every month because sometimes one person expects to come home and have this huge blowout vacation with their deployment money and the other person realizes that money does not exist and is not in the account. Yeah. So you need to reconcile those expectations with the reality of your life now. Yeah. So I guess what we can say is when, you know, re when you're realistically setting expectations for reintegration, know like what's been going on, communicate those expectations with the spouse. Mm -hmm. And then also remind yourself that as difficult as this time apart has been on you, it's also been difficult on them and that there are both these overlapping intricacies that are going into it that can really sort of make reintegration difficult. It's not going to be for some people, maybe, mm -hmm. but I think from a lot of people that I've talked to, it's hard. It's tough. It is because like you said, you're really trying to take two individual experiences where you have, you both have been doing completely separate lives and now you're trying to come back together and have some type of mutual respect for each other's experiences without being able to truly share everything that you went through for the past few months. And so some service members are more open about their deployment experiences than others. Um, and in the same way, the spouse at home may have experienced some you know, illness or family trauma or challenges. Um, and there's a lot to unpack physically and mentally after the deployment, mm -hmm. that sometimes you don't want to do that all on the first day. It takes time before it's all going to come out and kind of come to light. Yeah, definitely. And I think, too, um, speaking of them coming in and, you know, you have individual experiences and you've been away for so long, I think I fall into this trap of what my husband calls puppy dog syndrome, mm. where if I haven't seen him for so long, I'm like, oh my God, I'm so excited. I want to spend every second with him. I want to give him all the attention and love that he deserves. But at the flip side of that, deployments are exhausting mm -hmm. and they're exhausting on them and they may need time to reintegrate on their own terms. And so I would love for you to sort of go through some really good reminders for spouses in that our experiences are also valid and our need for their attention and their love and their whatever is valid. But also at the same time, they, they have their own reintegration needs mm -hmm. and it takes them a minute. Absolutely. It takes sometimes more than a minute. So yeah. <laughs> what's difficult to understand about deployment from the home front side is that in one sense, they, they are being very responsible and, um, you know, very organized and they have all these responsibilities on their shoulders during deployment. But on the other hand, they are also 
constantly on someone else's schedule. They have very little downtime. And sometimes that's on purpose. The units purposely schedule out the entire day for them so that the service members don't get left to their own devices. So what yes. that means <laughs> is that for months and months and months, they've been working every single day. They've been surrounded by people, by coworkers, by you know people they may or may not get along with every single day. And they have not had the liberty of scheduling their own time and doing anything on their own. So sometimes when they come home, all they've been wanting for months and months is just to be left alone, to have peace and quiet, to sleep on their own schedule and not be woken up by an alarm. And to come back to family life can be a huge shock because you're stepping right into another set of responsibilities and expectations. And even if you don't have kids, you still have a spouse with expectations and their own schedule. Mm -hmm. So there is a huge amount of patience required of the spouses to just understand your own service member and understand their needs. Some people need that space and that quiet time more than others. Um, it may feel like a little bit of a slap in the face that the service member has spent so much time away from you and is asking for space when they come home. Yeah. <laughs> but try not to internalize that. Try not to take it personally because it's not about you. It's about them and what they need to kind of mentally decompress mm -hmm. and unpack. And sometimes people are upset that, you know, the service members plan these get togethers with their deployment buddies, these barbecues or, hey, I need to go hang out with so and so. Well, you just spent months hanging out with him. Why, yeah. <laughs> why would you want to go over to his house? Why don't you want to stay here with me? And that's because they're they're trying to transition from one life into another life. And they need to find ways to connect and overlap those two experiences. And sometimes the only way to do that is by spending time with the fellow service members that they just spent mm -hmm. all that time with. Um, so, right. yeah, I guess it does come down to communication, but definitely a lot of patience, um, mitigating expectations, and really just, like I said, not taking things personally, trying to understand things from the other person's perspective and just asking them, what do you need? Do you... Do you want to have a big family celebration when you come home or do you want to just have a few days of peace and quiet? Yeah, I think we've been talking too of just like, hey, when you come home and, you know, if you need time to play video games, <laughs> just say, like, tell me, communicate with me. Hey, I just want some quiet time to play, you know, video. We have two dogs that are super rambunctious and as much as he loves doggy mm -hmm. cuddles. I can appreciate where if he hasn't been able to talk to his friends from college because he's been on a different time zone, he needs mm -hmm. that. That's something that he needs to fill his cup. I think I had had someone told me about like a cup difference is like if you have a cup that's a pitcher and you've been able to fill it because you've been able to see friends and do all these things and go outside of your home and travel or whatever, your cup is full. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes when they come back from deployment, their cup is drained and their capacity to be filled is not as large as yours because they haven't had the ability to be filled for that whole time. So their capacity for attention and interaction is a little bit lower. And so you, I personally, because of my puppy dog syndrome, <laughs> as my husband likes to call it, I've had to sort of set expectations with myself and then communicate the needs that my spouse wants to have with him and say, Hey, is my expectation correct? Is this something that you're going to need? And if he says yes, okay, can you communicate it like this to me so that I don't take it feel like it's coming personally? I know it's just, you need time. Yeah. So if like 
you're someone maybe like me who takes things personally when your spouse doesn't want to hang out with you, communicate that with them so that they can say it to you in a way that you know it's not it's not personal. They just need space. Yeah, I really liked your analogy of of filling your cup and the fact that mm-hmm. it's true. The service member's ability to be fulfilled, I think it is diminished. And that's part of the adjustment that they go through that we cannot fully Mm -hmm. comprehend and relate to. We've been around other people. Um, I know, obviously, during coronavirus, we have had less personal interactions. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So of course, it's a whole other layer of adjustment to whatever your local requirements are for the during the pandemic. But um, on some level, yes, we've had the independence to do what we need to do during deployment to talk to people, to have our own hobbies, to do what satisfies us. And since the service member has had very little opportunity to do that, they may kind of flounder a bit as they try to find their way of, I don't even know what makes me happy anymore. You know, what, what hobbies did I even have? I forgot. (laughs) So um, sometimes my husband does go through stages right after deployment where, you know, he, he does have quite a few hobbies and he'll pull everything out and, you know, just start going through all these games and these cards and all these things at once that I'm like, why is this important to do right now? I don't understand. Um, And for him, it's just kind of taking stock and trying to remember what he enjoyed and figure out if he still enjoys those things. And video games are definitely a part of that too. So every, every spouse with a gamer service member has Mm -hmm. their own love hate (laughs) relationship with that. But, um, yes. <laughs> but yeah, it does come down to kind of setting some boundaries and expectations that I try to give him a lot of leeway the first few days, you know, the first week or so after deployment, I figure that's, that's his time. I'm not going to make requests of him. I'm not going to have very high expectations. If he needs to sleep or play video games or hang out with friends, I'm going to let him set those schedules. But after a few weeks have gone by, I do expect that his, you know, post-deployment vacation time is over and it's time to accept family responsibilities again. And we might not want to be playing video games at all hours of the night, every night. So at some point as a couple, you do need to talk about boundaries, talk about is this what's normal for us now? Do you foresee this being an ongoing hobby or is this just something that you're doing temporarily to adjust from deployment? And it's good to keep in mind that this stage is temporary. It's not going to be quite this mm-hmm. awkward, discomforting um, adjustment period forever. It will get, you'll get hasted. Yeah, definitely. Well, I just, for one, really appreciate you breaking it down. And I think helping myself and listeners understand what it means to set realistic expectations, what reintegration is going to look like, what that, you know, day after the homecoming is. Um, And so I would love for you to sort of fill my listeners in on what you have going on, some resources that you have, and just let them know where they can can find you and learn more. Thank you so much. So my blog is The Seasoned Spouse. You can find it at seasonedspouse.com. And you can find me on all the social media channels as Seasoned Spouse. And uh, right now I have a deployment book club that starts in the month of April. It'll go throughout April where we will be going through my ultimate deployment guide and doing all the prep work that you need to not only take care of paperwork before deployment, but really discuss some of these topics, including reintegration and just build up your confidence and your expectations so that you know what to expect during deployment and how to handle some of those challenges. So you can find that and my other resources like the Deployment Masterclass. That's all on my website. 
And I do have a book for military spouses that's coming out later this year, which I'm very excited about. It's my first traditionally published book. It's called Open When, Letters of Encouragement for Military Spouses. And it is just a collection of short letters on so many different situations in military life from the big to the small moments, um, funny things, challenges, difficulties that we face. And it's just a, a short letter of encouragement from someone who's been there before and can help you through whatever challenge you're facing that day. So that comes out in September of 2021. And I hope that I can share more with you about that another time. That is so exciting. I know for one, I think just from a new spouse to any, a seasoned spouse, just that encouragement is so important and so, so necessary. Yeah, my motto is that, so, that is we are awesome. all in this together. And I just want yes. you to know <laughs> that you are not the first person to be going through deployment and reintegration and that you're certainly not the first person to feel nervous or apprehensive about it. All of those things are normal and it's okay to have negative experiences as long as you understand that there are ways to work through them and that they're just part of this military experience. Yeah. So again, thank you so much, Lizanne, for coming on and just enlightening us on this topic, because again, it's not a topic that I think is talked enough about. And so I just really appreciate your honesty and your candidacy with it. Um, if you want to reach out to Lizanne, again, you can check her out on Season Spouse on all platforms. And if you want to connect with Call to Marriage, we are on Facebook and Instagram at Call to Marriage. And you can also email us if you have questions or stories or just something you are going through that you want to have someone walk through with you. You can reach out to the podcast at ask.ctmpodcast at gmail.com. Again, thank you so much to Lizanne. Um, and I will talk to everyone again later. Thank you. Bye.